Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Fabian, I'm going to begin with a question. So first of all, you were 28 years old when you were diagnosed with ALL. Yes, I was 28 and... 14 days, I think. or My God, you even remember that. That's cool. Um, You handled it pretty well, or I would argue very well, uh, considering uh, how you were handed the news. But how do you think you handling the situation would have changed if you were 20 at the time? Uh, Jesus. Um, When I look back at myself, I'm 33 now, so it was roughly five years ago. And when I look at at myself as a 28-year-old, I understand that I've matured quite a lot. Uh, over the past five years, which I think is quite natural. But looking at myself when I was 20, it is almost as looking at a kid. Uh, I was It was a person who was not very sure of wh- who he was. He was not very present. Uh, I wasn't there, you know. And, and I, I, I was very sort of focused on what everybody else thought, uh, much more so. I didn't know myself. And had I been diagnosed with something like cancer when I was 20 would have ruined me completely. I would not have been able to deal with it and handle it well. I can't I can't actually say what would have happened, but I would be devastated. Or you would have grown up faster. Maybe. One simply does not know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would have handled it in a good way either. I don't think I would handle it in a good way even now. But today we're having a woman on the show. She's 20 years old. Her name is Olivia. And she's been through cancer. And I think from the previous conversation that we quickly had a couple of days ago, I think she has handled it really well. So we're going to learn from her. We're going to get inspired by her. And we're going to listen to what she has to say. So shall we get down to business? Definitely. And I mean, she also she also happens to be one of the world's largest influencers uh, on TikTok when it comes to cancer. Let's not forget that. Almost 300,000 people are inspired by her journey. Let's go. Welcome, Olivia. So, please welcome Olivia Bunia. Hi. Hi. Good to have you on the show. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Some of our listeners have probably seen you on TikTok, but for those of you that haven't, uh, can you explain to us a little bit about who Olivia is? So I am honestly just a normal girl, but I happened to get cancer when I turned 20. um, And it was definitely something that was really life-changing to me. And 
I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but when I posted about it on TikTok, it blew up and everybody just like loved the energy I had and just how I talked about it. And they just also liked following me through my story on TikTok. So tell me about that first post. Uh, what was the context of it? Um, The first post, I was just kind of messing around in my room. I had just gotten a pick line put in my arm because I had to give myself at-home antibiotics. Um, and so I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I made a TikTok about it. And I also didn't have hair, but I still had my eyebrows. And that was my main point of the video. Um, but a lot of people were just like, oh my goodness, like you're, you have such a good attitude, like blah, blah, blah. And I just. I mean, why do you think that people react so much? Uh, and sort of what, what were some of the main responses? I think a lot of it was my attitude. A lot of people were like, why are you so happy? Like, why are you like yeah. making jokes about this? Because I, I did make jokes about me being bald and not actually having cancer but and people were just like this is like something serious like why are you acting like it's funny and i'm like not that it's funny but my doctors told me that your attitude is the main thing that will like make or break you and i was not about to let my attitude be what was the end of me so i just a lot of people really liked the happy vibes that i was giving off yeah, and you really did go gi give off some happy vibes. <laughs> but let, let, let's backtrack a little bit. So uh, I know that you're still 20. So this, uh, your cancer diagnosis happened not too long ago. So share with us uh, what happened on the day of diagnosis and perhaps even more who you were or what you did before that, prior to the diagnosis. Yeah, so leading up to it, I... Um, had just started my first semester of college and I just went to school to start school. I didn't really have any like specific goals or anything, but so I was just kind of, you know, going through life. And then um, two months into my first semester of college, I started to get this like really like painful feeling in my liver. So I ended up going to the ER and they found like a penny sized growth in my liver and they're like, oh, no big deal. Like we'll just get it removed at some point. So then I was just like, kind of like, Ooh, wow. Like who, how crazy I have a tumor. Like who would have imagined? And then yeah. they also swore it wasn't cancer. So I was just like, no big deal. Like I'll just get yeah. it cut out and I'll be fine. Two months in, um, I started going to the doctors and I started getting a bunch of scans. And then, so from October to December, I was just getting a bunch of scans and the whole time being told it wasn't cancer, I'd be fine. And then in December, the first week of December, um, I got my final scan and the tumor was the size of a grapefruit. So it had grown pretty quick, um, but they were still telling me it wasn't cancer. And then my mom just like pushed for a biopsy. And then the next day after that biopsy, they called me and they're like, oh, you have cancer. And then so since then, it was all rushed. Like I found out and then less than a week later, the day after Christmas, I got the tumor removed. And then a couple weeks later, I started chemo and it was a crazy ride from there. And how do you feel about the fact that your mother opted for a biopsy? And that's the f probably the fact that saved your life. I honestly think it's so crazy to me. It's upsetting and really cool. Because one, it's really cool because my mom saved my life. If my mom wasn't yeah. there, then I, I probably would already be dead, if, especially if it was growing that fast. Yeah. Um, but and then it's upsetting because all my doctors had constantly been telling me that it wasn't cancer. And then on that final appointment where my mom was pushing for a biopsy, um, 
the lady was like, oh, come back in a year or two and we can like check on it and see how it's going. And I wouldn't have made it a year or two. And like, I felt like it was their job to double check, you know, before they assured me that I would be fine. Yeah, and out of curiosity, did the, did the doctor sort of comment on that uh, mis- miscalculation or was it sort of just, well, this is business as usual, it happens? Um, Actually, I, they didn't address it at all. I think, I think they did know that they messed up, but they ended up just sending me straight to a new doctor. She called me and was like, so it is cancer. Um, I'm going to like, I'm going to send you the information for the oncologist that I want to set you up with. And then that was it. And then from then on, I had a new doctor who actually did really well. And I really liked her. Well, I think think that's sort of like a general thing when it comes to healthcare. uh, Because most people, when they have a problem, they go to a GP. Mm -hmm. And a GP might not be, um, you know, you can't can't know it all. Yeah. So it it might be difficult for a GP to figure out that you might have cancer and they they need to be that filter. Yeah. But I've heard this numerous times in the past uh, that this is a problem and and we need to figure out a way in the future that makes it easier to pick up on whatever it is uh, that needs to be picked up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this is a story that really shows how important proper diagnostics is. Yeah. And for, for a couple of like for quite a few tumor types, uh, the diagnostics, like the way we conduct diagnostics uh, simply doesn't work. But I, I think it's important to highlight. I mean, it is, uh, we're not blaming healthcare. It is just something that needs, because I, I understand that, that it is a problem. We need to get better at that. Yeah. And you live in Colorado, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, you've been through this during sort of the height of the corona pandemic as well. And I read an article uh, in the Coloradoan newspaper, I think it was. In that, uh, you mentioned that you um, you want to see people practice social distancing in a better way. So just curious to see from your point of view, how did the corona pandemic, and probably still, how is it affecting you? And how was it affecting you? Um, so for me, it corona started, like all the quarantining and everything started the week after I um, finished chemo. Okay. Um. So I was actually not going to say heartbroken, but it really did um, mess with me a little bit because I went through, I finally finished chemo. I was like sick in the hospital for a month. Like I went through so much other things that I wasn't expecting. And then I was finally done. I thought like, yay, I can like, you know, get two weeks to like get my immunity back up and then I can go hang out with my friends. I can start working mm. again. I can go to school next semester. Um, and then I didn't, a week went by, so I didn't even get to start, you know, doing all those fun things. And then like full on quarantine happened. So I couldn't even leave my house. So, which was really frustrating to me because I had technically been quarantining already since January, just because I was worried for my immune system because of chemo and my family was. So really all the only social interactions that I had since January would have been my boyfriend. He would come over and hang out with me some nights, like after chemo. Yeah. Um, So I was really excited to get to hang out with my friends and, you know, do a normal 20-year-old life. So then um, I had to stay in my house and so so social distancing was a thing. And 
obviously I didn't know how long this would last. So in my mind, it was if we all just did what they're telling us to and wore our masks and social distanced and like did that for a period of time, we would be able to go back to normal life. And that was my main goal is to return to normal as quick as possible. And it was just frustrating to me because so many people were just like, this is a joke. Like, this is so stupid. Like, why would I wear a mask? Masks don't do anything. And whether they do or not, it was just frustrating to me because everybody just was worried about themselves. And I wasn't only worried about myself. There's a lot of other people whose like immune systems were compromised. So it wasn't just me that was like in danger, you know? And so I was also worried for everybody else because it just didn't feel fair that like old people or people who are sick would have to stay in their house just because like other people also can't step up. I totally agree with you. Do you think you would have thought like this prior to your cancer diagnosis, thinking about others in the way that you do now? I have always been a very worry about other people, but I don't think I would have taken it as seriously just because like I, you know, I don't understand the feeling, but I do understand the feeling. And so that is another reason why like I understand why some people think this is like a stupid joke, but we don't know if it's like a joke or not, you know? So I would just think that people should I like to rather be safe than sorry, and I just wish that other people had that same mindset. Olivia, as you know, uh, War on Cancer is looking a lot into cancer and mental health, and we are addressing the fact that cancer is, is a trauma. Uh, when you're traumatized, uh, it normally, or at least for for a lot of people that we've spoken to, it starts with a uh, a period of sort of shock, uh, survival mode almost. It doesn't really sink in. And then gradually it begins to sink in, which then comes with a drop in your mental health. Did you experience this or have you, can you relate to what, what I'm talking about? Um, I think I did. I definitely did. But I think it's kind of the opposite of what you were saying as where like it hits you in the beginning. And when I first got diagnosed, all I did with my family, mainly my sister, just because it made a lot of people uncomfortable, but I would just make jokes about it because like I didn't really understand how serious it was. And it just didn't process in my head that I had cancer. I was going to go through chemo. I was going to go bald. Like it was all me that I was going to have to go through. And like, I just, and obviously I didn't know all of the things that were going to happen. So I was just kind of like, meh, I have cancer. It's something I have to deal with. And like problems are not new to me. So I'm just usually just like, okay, next bump in the road, like let's get over it. So I was kind of just like, hmm, bump in the road. That sucks. I have cancer. Um, And then I didn't want my family to feel bad for me while I was going, my friends and family, I didn't want them to feel bad for me. So I kept my game face on and wanted everyone to like constantly think obviously they knew I wasn't okay but I wanted them to think I was doing as best as I could and I think I tricked myself as well um ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So then after everything, like once I, mainly when quarantine started, I think that's when it really hit me. I was just like, I really just like almost lost my life in the hospital. I went through chemo. I'm bald. Like it was more of an after fact that it hit me. And I kind of was just like really confused and just trying to process everything. And I think quarantine kind of was helpful to me because it did give me all that think time. And during that think time, I decided that I don't want to be the victim. I want to learn from it and grow from it. And because this isn't an opportunity or an experience that a lot of people go through. And so I would like to take it as an opportunity, you know. But coming into that, support networks. I know that support was important for Fabian. So I would like to ask you, Olivia, what kind of support did you get when diagnosed and throughout this journey? And how has that impacted you? Um, Yeah, so I actually had a lot of support. I really, my main friend group is three people um, that I love very much. Um, But I, at the time, I did have a boyfriend. And I think he was one thing that really did help me because um, I couldn't be hanging out with all my different friends all the time. And then so having my boyfriend at the time, um, he was always there for me and he did a lot for me. And I think he was a really good um, support system. And I appreciate that he was there for me. I also um, was very vocal about it on social media, um, which I think it made me uncomfortable at first. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. But then when I did, it helped me so much because people I would not have even imagined, like people that I went to elementary school with, like were messaging me and like, I don't know if you remember me, but like, I'm praying for you. Like if there's anything like you need from me, let me know. And just so many people reached out. And so I felt very like secure um, with the support because I knew so many people had my back, people that I never, literally never would have imagined. So I thought that that was really cool. And I've made a bunch of friends coming out of cancer just because they were there for me when I did not expect them to be. Wow. Yeah, I remember that as well. Uh, because I, I also was quite vocal uh, with my uh, cancer experience. Mm-hmm. I had It felt like opening up several closed chapters uh, with regards to people coming back. You know, I was all of a sudden in sort of long phone conversations or had lunches with friends that I, you know, mm-hmm. not because I, I was... I, 
you know, you just sort of drift away from each other. Yeah. And then many of those came back. And that was a, it was such a trip down the memory lane, I remember. And I, I found it wonderful to see so many people that care about you and, and that that are sort of, they're, they're there for you. It was really surprising. Some of the people that like, not that we weren't friends anymore, but like you said, we just grew apart and they weren't somebody I really imagined growing back together with. But I have and we still talk and I really value that friendship. Olivia, since you have so many people following and that that have followed you throughout this journey, uh, do they also reach out to you and are they thankful for you openly sharing like you do? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so I... I obviously have my TikTok and then I have my normal Instagram, but then I have another Instagram, which is kind of just like my private little diary and only like a hundred people follow it. But I posted a lot of in detail stuff on there um, and everybody would message me and they're just like, it's so inspiring to see you talk about these things or just like keep us up to date even when you like feel so terrible. Like it's really considerate of you to like keep everybody in the loop and a lot of people were also like, it's really interesting to see like this side of cancer because really, even for me, all I knew about cancer before I had cancer was really that, you know, it makes you feel sick and you go bald. And that's only the chemo. So it's not even the cancer part of it. So while I was learning a lot about cancer, I was um, also teaching a lot of other people about cancer. And I did notice that it was appreciated. Yeah. And I think what you also did there was that you normalized cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I experienced as well when Fabian got diagnosed. Like you said, the only sort of the only thing I thought about when I heard the word cancer was death and boldness. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even the cancer that causes the boldness. So it, mm -hmm. it's quite quite interesting when you think about it. What is cancer? I yeah. mean, today two out of three people actually survive, and mm -hmm. not many people know that. Uh, and I think it would be good for more people to actually understand the current situation of how cancer affects people. Yeah. Did you get a lot of lifestyle advice from your healthcare uh, system? It's just, I'm curious to know, we have different healthcare systems. You have a private one, we have a nationalized one. So So during cancer, the really, the main thing that they wanted me to like think about and change was my food habits. So I talked to a nutritionist and she just like gave me a whole packet of like things that she would recommend trying to eat things she wouldn't recommend while going through chemo just because like, you know, your taste buds change and stuff. Um, so they and just nutrition wise foods that I should be getting in my body if I don't um, want to eat other foods a lot. So eating was the main thing that they um, wanted me to focus on. But other than that, they really just told me, like, try to walk a little bit in a day. Don't strain myself too much. But that, that's pretty amazing, to be honest. I mean, I remember, and we always talk about this story, but it's worth mentioning again. Mm -hmm. So when Fabian was diagnosed, yeah. the doctors told him, so he had a question, what should I focus on eating to improve my chances of surviving and boosting my immune system? Mm -hmm. And they said, eat whatever makes you happy. And then we have also always laughed about the fact that if you tell that to a person whose favorite food is vodka and ice cream, yeah. that yeah. would obviously not have a good effect. <laughs> so you got some good advice over there. Yeah. A personal question. Don't answer if you don't feel comfortable. How has it affected you financially, uh, being in a private healthcare system as you are? If I'm being honest with you, it sucks. <laughs> um, financially, I was lucky enough to have a friend who supported me enough and um, created a GoFundMe. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah we um, do know. So my friend made a GoFundMe for me and 
all the people that I was talking about who stepped up and did something for me, so many people, even if it was like five to ten dollars, so many people donated five to ten dollars and that helped me so much with my bills and everything because I am having to pay for everything myself. So I was just really stressed out that I was going to be in debt for the rest of my life because I had to go through something that I didn't want to go through. Um, but then so many people stepped up and helped me financially and that helped a lot. Um, but it still didn't cover everything. So then outside of that, I had to get Medicaid to help cover the rest of it because I was still drowning in bills. But yeah. I've got it most in it most of it figured out. Um, it still is something I have to think about. Like when I work, I do have to put some of my paycheck aside just because I still get random bills that are coming in. Mm. Um, but that must be frustrating, right? Getting random bills coming in. Yeah, when I first started getting them, it was just something that stressed me out so much that I didn't address them. So I had a pile, like a huge stack of bills that I just didn't address. And my parents were like, "You really need to start." you know, addressing these, whether it's calling them and telling them to um, just file it through my Medicaid or actually paying for it. And I was just like, I can't. And then one day I just sat down and smashed them all out. And now as they come in, they're not as scary, but obviously I would rather not get them. Yeah. And I mean, we know that stress is obviously not a good factor when it comes to cancer or mm -hmm. curing cancer or getting through the tunnel to see the light. Right. Yeah. But um. But yeah, so, so I mean, obviously, as a 20-year-old, to receive random bills, and the only thing you're trying to do is survive, I can understand that's stressful. I would get stressed if I got a bill from anything that I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. What did your sort of overall cancer treatment cost you? Assume, let's assume you didn't have any insurance. Oh, God. How much, how much would it be? Yeah. Oh. Oof. Um, <laughs> that much. I honestly do not have a number that I could probably tell you because just my one surgery, I was, so uh, December 26th, I went into the hospital and got the tumor removed from my liver and I was only in the hospital for four nights and then it was five days. So, and I got home and it was, I think when I looked at the bill before the insurance covered it, it was like 200000 just for the surgery. Whoa. And then I and then I stayed in the hospital for 5 days and then, you know, I slept, I drank water, I got band-aids, I and all those things add up. Those things aren't free. You don't No. You don't not even the air in the hospital is free. <laughs> and then yeah, so that was that was only the, that was the easiest part of my whole endeavor. Um because then after that I started chemo, which obviously is probably pretty expensive, and then I had to get a port put in, expensive again. But then my port got infected and I ended up in the hospital for a month. I stayed, lived in the hospital for a month. Like ate their food, drank their water, breathed their air. And I have, I, I really could not tell you how much I think that is because um, I had my Medicaid at that time. So I just never got sent a bill. But considering that you got a lot of help from your friends as well, which is fantastic in, mm -hmm. its, in its own right, there must be so many people that don't have that support network. Yeah, and that is what completely crushes me because if I if I didn't have the support network that I did, I wouldn't have come out as happy and I wouldn't have been as positive as I was throughout it because I, going through it, I knew that like if I really had to worry about something, there was I knew there was somebody who would have my back and I made a TikTok once crying because 
I was just so frustrated that like some people go through cancer and like they have to worry about these bills and stuff yeah like while they're going through it and like I don't I don't think that's fair because obviously nobody wishes to get cancer that's not something somebody plans to pay for um so it's just really frustrating that like life can happen to you and then the way the health system works just makes it even worse like I know some people who are just like I don't ever go to the doctors because like that it's ridiculous it's too expensive they charge you for the stupidest things which I totally understand and I was in the same boat before um I got my tumor. I never went to the doctors. I was like, I think it's a waste of money. Like, I think it's stupid. But then I went to the doctors once and I found out I had cancer. So I'm just like, now people tell me that. And I'm like, I understand that. But like, you have to worry about your health too. And then I can't just say that though, because then they're like, okay, well, how do I pay for it? And it's just really frustrating because it's like a, do you care about your bank account or do you care about your life? You know, like, where's the balance? So, uh, Olivia, with your experience and with your sort of personal journey through this, what what would be your advice to someone in their early 20s that has just been diagnosed with cancer? Oh, God. Scary. Yeah. Um, I would probably tell them I would start by being honest because I wish that somebody had told me. Obviously, everybody knows that cancer is not fun. But I wish I had more of a grasp on what might have happened or could have happened. So if I met a 20-year-old and they came up to me and told me they were just diagnosed with cancer, I would start off by telling them that they're going to be okay. Um, Whether And you honestly never know if you'll be okay or not. And being okay has different definitions, whether it's you get diagnosed cancer-free one day or one day, you know, you don't get the best option. Um, it just, I don't, I don't know. This is a hard question. It is a hard yeah. question. I know. So let's, uh, <laughs> I think what you just said, uh, makes a lot of sense. Being honest. Yeah. Very honest and very, I mean, you're, you're brave, Olivia. You know that. I think I would also tell them that this time is about them, not about making everybody else feel okay because... They're not the one going through anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I just want to give you a hug, but it's hard. <laughs> We're yeah. literally a thousand miles away. Digital yeah. air hug. Digital Thank corona you. hug. I appreciate it. You're such an inspiration. Thank only you. at 20 years old. And you should know that you have two friends in Sweden if you should ever decide to come visit the, oh, I definitely this will. snowy country. I, I will take you up <laughs> on that offer. I love snow. Yeah. Please yeah. do, please and do. For the for the would you, would you rather question, mm-hmm. it, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're sorry, gonna sorry. we're gonna ask you now. Uh, and I thought these are these are meant to be funny mm-hmm. uh, or silly. Okay. Uh, it's kind of ending of on a good note. But yeah. I want to ask you something somewhat more, I guess, more uh, profound. Uh, Seb can do the silly one. Uh, so in this case, Olivia, would you rather? If you let's say we rewind the clock back to before you were diagnosed, would you rather have not had cancer and just lived on, or would you, knowing that you are where you are right now, would you have chosen to have cancer? I would have. Would I? So knowing what I know, would I? What would I choose? If yeah, so you're back again. So before 
Christmas mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. And you can choose. You know that you will end up here yeah. uh, if you go down the cancer route. Uh, or you can also choose for this to never happen. I would 100% pick the beautiful road of cancer. I figured. Just because, not that I didn't like who I was before, but I didn't know who I was before. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't feel like there was anything rushing me to make me want life. And I didn't even really, not that I didn't want life, but I wasn't really excited for anything and then going through cancer and feeling like something was almost taken away from me it made me realize what I wanted and I think that was really something I needed and I did need a wake-up call and whether it was cancer or something else cancer got me here so thank you cancer thank you beautiful answer so with that thank you so much for being a part of this podcast I know for a fact that your story and your honesty and your energy will it is contagious and it will help a lot of listeners. So thank you very much for yes, that. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you. So glad we met and so happy you're on War on Cancer as well. Yes, of course. I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me. I think it's, I think this is also something that is going to be very life-changing and I'm very excited. I don't care too much about age, uh, basically not at all. But I think it's very interesting to hear somebody that young uh, with all that experience that Olivia showcased today. Definitely, not just experience, but it seems like having from the conversation and sort of knowing her future plans that cancer also led her to find or connect with her, uh, I guess, higher purpose in the form of uh, art and uh, design. Uh, wish her all the best going forward. Yeah, likewise. And uh, next week, uh, actually on Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to be talking to a real powerhouse, Liam Pierro. Uh, she's the founder of Black Women Rising in the UK. And uh, that's an episode that you don't want to miss. Definitely not. And I met with Leanne uh, just over a year ago in London and that was obviously pre-COVID and everything. Well, I'm really excited to, to reconnect with her and see what she's been up to. So see you next week or hear you next week on Christmas Eve. Until then, bye-bye. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details